Welcome to the Rumple and the Frog Show for Stitchers. I'm Rumple. And I'm the Frog, providing you with an enchanting escape of stitching and stories. We're so glad you've joined us for fairy tales, fiber tales, and conversations about our most favorite thing, yarn! (laughs) (laughs) All right, so in today's episode, which is called Good Luck Charms and Charming Stitches, we'll be looking at charms from a bunch of perspectives. Um, Some of it will be historical. Uh, definitely a lot of language and etymological mm-hmm. stuff for me and of course always a fiber perspective so but before we get into that we want to start with a conversation about what we're currently stitching mm-hmm. so in our segment called common threads we'll give you our whip report our works in progress all right all right so noel tell me what's on your needles yeah so right now i am working on this little cutie this is that is so Sweet. Yeah. So this is the pattern Nira Tigris from Animal Friends of Pikapau 2 by uh, Janina Schenkel. It is a book of crochet patterns that are toys. And this is a tiger. And it's a piece that is going to be a doll when it's finished. Doesn't maybe look like that yet. It's missing a few um, limbs, but. And ears. He's and on his way. <laughs> He's on his way. I see a cute little um, face with some beads. Yeah. And some great stitching to show off those tiger stripes. So when it's done, it will be an adorable little doll for my niece. Um, the other project I'm working on, um, I'm going to hold this up here so you can see. I love this. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I love this yarn. This is the Yeon pullover designed by Veronica Avery. Um, I'm knitting it with the Ella Ray Marmel which is a cotton acrylic blend and it's a self-striping yarn um and this is the colorway pacific spinel you got it spinel we cross-checked that earlier yes (laughs) and this is actually um a knit along i'm doing for the shop knit and pearls um that actually amy and i work at um and when I'm done, it'll go live there in the shop. This is the back that I have done now. So I have to, I cast it on for the front, but I'm only like an inch in. Yeah. So I'm excited about it. It's got some really interesting techniques in it. Um, I would say it's not a newbie knitter project, but a challenging beginner project. Mm-hmm. And then anything after that. Yeah. And you mentioned um, some specific techniques that would be great for an intermediate knitter to learn. Do you yeah. want to list some of those? Particularly the idea that this one's sideways, I think, is unique for oh, a yeah, newer thank knitter. You. Um, yeah. So this is knit side to side. And there's, I should say, a short sleeve version or a long sleeve version. Um, it has provisional cast on, which really is not that hard. I promise you it's not. It has short row shaping and... There's also an interesting decrease they do that I... It's a fully fashioned decrease is what it's mm-hmm. called. I'd never done it in hand knitting. I've done it in machine knitting, coincidentally, mm-hmm. but not hand knitting. Um, and they're really not hard. And they make such a difference in how the garment looks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited to get it done. Neat. But it's taking me a while because... It's just the way it goes sometimes. Yeah. And I see in that particular garment, you had some navies and some really yes. oceany blues, some green, some sort of gray blues. Yeah. It really reminds me of the ocean when awesome. I look at the yarn. It's really beautiful. It's yeah. fantastic. Thanks. So great. That one's in my queue. Yay! I have some yarn for it. I just haven't. It's a fun knit. <laughs> I it haven't is. gotten there yet. It's potato chippy. 
I love that. I love that. <laughs> so what do you got work? What do you have working on? So I have, well, I have two finished objects. Go mm. me. But that's easy yeah. to say on episode one. <laughs> right. It's episode one. Of course, I went and grabbed finished objects. I love it. Um, so this is the Color Shifting Shawl by Jennifer Fish. It's a Knit Picks pattern that is free. Mm-hmm. So we love that. Um, I Beautiful. Was in, thank you. Um, it's a triangle shawl with one side, an asymmetrical triangle increase. Mm-hmm. It has a lot of squishy, fun garter stitch that's relatively mindless and a really easy lace panel yeah. that just repeats and you can go as long or as short as you would like. Oh, cool. Um, I She actually calls the lace section easiest lace ever. That's what it says <laughs> on the pattern. It's just a yarn over and then pick it up on the way back. Oh, okay. That's good. Um, what do I want to tell you about it? I, I think what I want to tell you the most is that I think this is ideal for that really amazing, wild, wacky, multicolored sock skein you pick up at a show or a festival and mm-hmm. you have 450 yards or more and you're like what am I gonna do yeah um this is the perfect one skein wonder for a generous skein like that um or you could use one of those really cute little five skein mini packs yeah. um that's what inspired me to pick this up it, at knit and pearls it was near the sweet georgia yeah. mini skein packs but recently in quarantine I picked up dyeing yarn myself Um, and we should we're gonna have to have a whole episode about that but um the short version is that this little mini skein colorway i created i called it lobster pot it is gorgeous we have some sort of like shrimpy yeah corally peachy colors some marine blues some speckly more crustaceous yeah (laughs) i love it yes crustaceous Crustaceous looking oranges and blues (laughs) uh i'm sure it's crustacean but it's still fun to say it's all all good Crustaceous. I like that. Um, so yeah, and this was a great project, and it's the first thing I ever made with yarn I did dye myself, so <gasps> it feels really special. Yes. So I'm really Aww. happy with that. And then my other one is the driftwood tea. Mm-hmm. This is so cool. You want to describe it? Yeah. So I feel like I'm looking at a party <laughs> in a top that is knit. Uh, it's really the shape is more boxy and it has a really nice lace detail on one lower corner of the top it's short sleeve but it's not a fitted garment this is a would you call this oversized or is it just yeah no i would call it oversized for sure it's got a lot of positive ease probably yeah four inches or more oh wow okay Yeah. yeah but it's really playful uh what is the colorway this is called the Rose of Paris. Okay. It is KFI, that's Knitting Fever Indulgence, mm-hmm. hand paints. It's a DK, 100% superwash. And um, I just, it's cool to, I uh, really see the primaries picked up in an interesting way. So mm-hmm. it has blues, reds, and yellows. Yeah. But not quite primary blue, red, and yellow. It's not in your face. No, it's more <laughs> like a brick red and a goldy yellow and an aqua-y teal yeah. sort of color on a peachy background so lots of speckling and splattering yeah. and, and fun but the lace panel is really cool yeah i like so, that detail um I, maybe i already said that but that's an interweave pattern you can get on no. ravelry yeah and oh one thing i want to just jump back for a second to give credit and we can do this in the show notes yeah everything we mentioned will always be there in case uh in case you miss it or in case we miss it <laughs> but i just wanted to say that the mini skein pack of yarn that i dyed i mm. procured that from black sheep dye works yeah she's an independent dyer on etsy i think she's based in vermont but she also sells some really affordable and really great quality bear Yarn. Awesome. So the five skein mini pack was from her at Black Sheep Dye Works. No all reason right. you all can't start dyeing your own yarn for fun. 
try it out. It's fun. It's so fun. Game changer. Thank you, Janet, if you're listening. She yeah. was my yarn dyeing muse during quarantine. <laughs> she left me a care package outside of her house. She's so good. I yeah. know. And I went Aww. and I, I got my first beginning little bits of Aww. powder and yarn. And life has changed since then. Yeah. There's life before quarantine and now after. Yeah. 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 So that was a quarantine silver lining for me. Awesome. Was the dyeing of yarn. Very cool. Okay. All right, so now we are going to move Noelle to our big research segment for yes. knitting nerdery. <laughs> I love it. So exciting. Once upon a time where we present our research question under our episode theme and we sort of share our findings, yeah. we have found it very necessary to self-edit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because uh, this might be take two. Uh, maybe, maybe not. You'll never know. <laughs> you'll never know. Uh, because we have more to share than we can possibly fit into an episode. So it's we're, bad. <laughs> it's, it's, bad. it's good, bad. So we are going to try to uh, keep it trim and uh, to yeah. the point, but also so cool. So many exciting things we found out. The, there'll be a lot of bonus content on the blog, I think. So yeah. Here we are. We ready? Should we just dive in? Yeah, let's go ahead and dive in. Maybe I can capture some of the information about charms and amulets in my intro. Yeah, go for it. I can try that. Okay, so the first thing we did was try to figure out in Good Luck Charms, we found these words amulet, Mm -hmm. charm, talisman. Um, and we were trying to decipher the difference. And so that's where my work sort of came in because I'm the word nerd. Not that you're not, but I definitely <laughs> am. start calling you that. Um, frog and so the word nerd. That's right. Frog <laughs> the word nerd. Oh, my gosh. So the Latin teacher in me had so many questions about this. Um, so first of all, maybe we should do a little bit of this blurb here. Noel. Yeah, yeah. So um, a charm in the context of our discussion is essentially an object that's worn on your body or it's carried around with you. Mm-hmm. It could be an amulet or a talisman. More mm-hmm. on that in a minute. And it provides some sort of magical power. There are lots of different types of mm-hmm. amulets and talismans, but the associated intentions with them remain constant. Can you rearticulate what you mean by that? So there, these charms or talismans are imbued with an intention. Mm-hmm. And that intention, whatever it may be, is not going to change. Uh-huh. So for example, if I say this ring has the intention of bringing wealth to the wearer, Mm -hmm. then that's the only thing it is meant to do. Got it. And in some cases, um, it will only work for the person it was created for. But that's not always the case. Yeah, like a dedicatee or something like that. Yes. I got it. That's what that means. Okay, cool. That's so interesting. So they can't multitask. They can't be upcycled. Not unless (laughs) that was the broad intention. Like if you gave it it multiple factors. But I think generally it's very specific. So it's like when you set your intention at the beginning of a yoga practice, you can't go changing your mind. I did that today for my, (laughs) it wasn't yoga, but it was an exercise that had an intention. I love that. Yeah. Great. (laughs) All right. So... And then an amulet is a protection charm. It's often a small object meant to be worn, right? Mm -hmm. And it can be sort of to ward off sort of general ill will or evil or attract good luck, right? Yeah. And so when we hear the phrase good luck charm, it's rooted in the practice of keeping or wearing amulets. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Why don't you tell us about a talisman? So um, talismans, while also an object, they specifically have a picture on them, and that picture possesses the magical power so it has to be given the power by uh 
whoever's giving it. Yeah. Um, and it only, just like a charm, it has to be worn to activate that power. Neat. Um, and talismans, on my understanding, are more specific for a person or animal, mm. um, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's not going to work for anybody. Got it. Um, you have to have that magic combination. Yes. Yeah. Neat. And yeah, that's that's really it. <laughs> that's so cool. So I hope that our um, listeners are sort of fairy tale folklore loving knitters are digging this information because yeah. we can promise them that when we get into foraging our section after this they can will be lining up these goodies with some cool projects to yeah find. so that is coming <laughs> before we do that um why don't i share a little bit of my word nerdery yes. my word search as i like to call it all right so Briefly, I'll try. So uh, the word amulet, the etymology of the word amulet, it turns out that it's a Latin word. I wasn't surprised by that, Um, but I was excited to learn because it was new to me that it was a little later Latin than I thought. Mm -hmm. So it's from a guy named Pliny the Elder. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's a Pliny the Younger, so we have to differentiate the two because they're both well-known Roman authors. Which I only knew about the elder i bet because you're a natural history yes. person he's, so of course he's you big in the natural history world okay yeah. i'm glad you knew of him so um so plenty the elder had a nephew plenty the younger who wrote letters that were published different story different guy but um <laughs> plenty the elder the use of the word amulet occurs in book 28 of his natural histories and in that book he talks a lot about remedies mm-hmm. and in all of these cases of these remedies which can only be described as cuckoo bananas <laughs> which is what we say in my house um they're all kinds of medical practices yeah. but some of these are cuckoo bananas but all these right. remedies are things like where you go foraging for a certain plant mm-hmm. or a certain insect or a certain animal you go foraging for these ingredients they come together somehow maybe it's a sachet maybe it, you're extracting essential oils maybe it, you make a poultice maybe mm-hmm. it's a thing you burn and you you know inhale the smoke or maybe it's under your pillow or maybe you wear it in mm-hmm. a pouch that's containing these ingredients and so the latin word amuletum means one of these remedies and it's a wearable you definitely are wearing these things yeah um and so some of the cuckoo bananas are like you know <laughs> modes of contraceptive like <laughs> contraception that couldn't possibly work because yeah. they are about finding the right insect to tie to a leather strap to mm. wear so Anyway, so that's where the word amulet comes from. <laughs> now, the word talisman, on the other hand, has its roots in the classical tradition because it has an etymology that goes back to ancient Greek. Okay. But when I saw that word, I knew for a fact that that was not a Latin or a Greek word. I don't even know how you'd begin to know that, but <laughs> so continue on. <laughs> so it's so rare in English for a word not to be Latin or Greek or to mm-hmm. have a Germanic other that's a whole nother language family but to not have some sort of clear echo Mm -hmm. from one of those origins so i was like what is that word um and so in looking that up i learned that it has transitioned over time and while there's an ancient greek verb that means to end like to complete a thing to the Mm -hmm. end to finish it in a ritual way which makes great sense for a talisman yeah this word hops over and migrates and ends up in arabic Okay. And that's where we get the word talisman. Um, yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> so the Arabic word, I'm looking in my notes to see if I can find it. Tilsam. Tilsam? Tilsam. Okay. Is an Arabic that is, um, has a Greek history, but yeah. 
has really migrated over. So that's a cool, cool one. All right. So why don't I just give you a few more language tidbits and idioms? There's some good ones here. There's some yeah. good ones. And then I'll I'll knock it off and you can tell me about <laughs> lucky rabbits. Ha, knock it off. <laughs> that's right. We'll okay. see why that's funny. <laughs> All right. So if it if it wasn't take two, I would quiz you. And that would be fun. But well, it's we, take two, so yeah. you know all the answers. I know. That's okay. All right. So knock on wood, we often say. Oh, I can't reach. I know. So knock on wood for good luck. So I did a little research on that, and hopefully my sources are strong. Yeah. Um, by the way, if anyone has any corrections mm-hmm. or additions, we totally welcome those. We're just doing our yes, best please. with some fun hobby research here. Yes. Uh, but knock on wood is because in the pagan tradition, it was believed that every tree in the woods contains like a fairy spirit, um, like a little nymph in there. I love that. Yeah. And in, uh, in Greek mythology, we'd call it a dryad, a, a woodland mm-hmm. nymph that lives in there. And knocking on wood is to definitely prevent some sort of anticipated mm-hmm. fall you could be expecting mm-hmm. from your rising star. You know what I mean? Like you're like, well, I hope this lasts. Ooh, yeah. Knock on wood. Yeah. So the knock on wood is the knock on that tree to alert that dryad or that woodland fairy. Hey, I need you. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. And hopefully if she's malevolent, you're telling her to stay away. And if she's benevolent, <laughs> you're asking her for her goodwill yeah. and protection. So that's a fun one. Uh, the four leaf clover, a luck symbol because it's so rare. Um, fingers crossed is quite literally that the sign of the cross yeah so trying to avert avert evil with a christian sign of the cross um and horseshoes yes that one i wondered if you knew i i think i know yeah you think (laughs) i think you know you think you know now but um i it's still good it's a good one please share because that's a nice one all right so in in storytelling mode i'll just quickly tell the story of saint dunstan Mm -hmm. who was a 10th century uh english bishop and before that an abbot and a monk and maybe even before that just a horseshoeing guy Mm -hmm. so apparently he was in a shop one day when the devil came in and Mm. said shoe my horse Mm. and dunstan knew right away he wasn't fully recognized the devil Mm -hmm. right away but he didn't let on that he knew and so what he did was he very swiftly with his tools, he shooed the devil instead. I would like to know how he did that first right. of all. But anyway. So <laughs> the devil was screaming, roaring in pain and anger, you know, and um, he said, get this shoe off of me. You know, you've nailed the shoe into me. And Dunstan said, okay, I will. But never again will evil enter this house, mm-hmm. right? Or any house with a horseshoe. Mm-hmm. And so the horseshoe gets nailed often like above a doorway yeah to protect a dwelling and its inhabitants from evil um iron was considered a rich property anyway mm-hmm. so horseshoes are kind of like an expensive or rich property and yeah. there's even some business about the seven nail holes and seven being a lucky number yeah that makes sense yeah yep so i had not considered that yep interesting yeah so mm-hmm. and then i think i'll just share really quickly about um the evil eye Yes, please. Because I'd like that, to share that because it inspired your illustration for this episode. Yes. Um, so of all the apotropaic symbols, and that's a fancy Greek word that just means to turn away. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to avert the evil eye. Um, eyes themselves are the most common, mm-hmm. I found. They come in so many forms. They come in the hampsa, which mm-hmm. is that open palm with the eye in the center of yep. the palm. Um, you see them on ancient Greek drinking cups, 
Mm-hmm. And these really big, broad cups, so that, like when you're tipping them to your face, you almost get a mask look. That's with so the cool. evil eyes that are on the cup oh seem to be like your mask. They're on the prows of warships to mm-hmm. protect sailors in war and naval battles. And they're on these beautiful, beautiful ornaments that I totally fell for mm-hmm. um, called mm-hmm. the Nazar. That's Nazar. an Arabic word. It means sight. And that mm. itself looks like an eye. It's glass. It's this gorgeous translucent bright blue has a sort of milky white glass center Mm -hmm. and a black beaded center and sometimes these are actual beads so they they call those eye beads yeah i've seen those before yeah Yeah. and these i have seen in my research i saw images of trees that were like a easter tree or a christmas tree almost they were just hanging with so many of these amazing glass discs of these eyes and And it's so spooky and gorgeous that image is the background because i was that's what was striking to me is the mass of all those eyes. So cool. But they're not intimidating in any way. No, they're, they're, I think yeah. they're beautiful. Yeah. And, and, you know, I did read that they might be a little bit of a tourist buying <laughs> souvenir trap. But I still, I, I think they're fantastic. And, yeah. you know, and then there's also like Medusa who can freeze you, turn you to stone <laughs> with her gaze. And so you want to reflect that away yeah. from you um, or use her face on a on a shield say in mythology we have that gorgon's head that you see too if medusa looked at herself in a mirror would she kill herself that's what i want to know i think i'm if, sorry i don't I, think she can because she's looking now. in a mirror so it's oh, not because if you gaze. deflect with a yeah. mirror you're safe too okay yeah. sorry sorry no everybody. that's such a fun question <laughs> so what i learned in all of my evil eye things is that it seems to me like it's a staring contest mm-hmm. like you do not want to bring the evil gaze upon yourself, the mm-hmm. gaze of jealousy, the gaze of malevolence, the gaze of, you know, just knocking you back down out of your hubris or whatever. And so it's like beating the evil gaze to the to the punch. Yeah. So if yeah. I if you have these big eyes that are are going to terrify and ward <laughs> off that eye, yeah. it's a way of protecting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So those are my words and my evil eyes. Oh, so good. All I right. love it. Okay. So you're going to tell me awesome stuff about rabbits yes lucky rabbits what (laughs) you got why are rabbits so lucky why tell me well uh interesting it links partially to this thing that i found called contagious magic and this is a new thing to me i didn't know about this thing before um so contagious magic though is essentially when you use a part of something that was once living so some creature and i'll be talking about rabbits and hares um when you use a part of that creature it still contains the characteristics of that creature so for example if you were to take the foot from the rabbit hint hint you will retain the swiftness of the rabbit Neat. as the owner of that amulet. Got it. All right. So that's essentially what contagious magic means. Mm-hmm. And it brought me to looking at, well, rabbit and hare's foot charms. Neat. Good luck charms. Which I'm sure all of us kind of know what that is already. <laughs> I'm cringing because um, I had them. I did too. <laughs> I got them out of the gumball machines when I was a kid, Ugh. which is kind of mind-blowing that I think about it now. <laughs> but um, I have really fond memories of them, to be honest. And 
you know, you learn. <laughs> You're making me think of my brother. I remember my brother and I, I remember they were on those little beaded chains. Mm-hmm. And dyed yeah. those garish colors. Oh, they're amazing. Yeah. I remember like a neon green one that yeah. I loved so much. I was much. thinking orange. <laughs> and you're right, the quarter machine at the grocery store. Yeah, right at the checkout for all us kids. Yeah. Eyeball level. You're like, look at all that magical fun stuff for a quarter. Right. And, and then they you were beg actual rabbit's feet. For quarters. <laughs> yeah, they were real rabbit's feet. Yeah. We didn't really get that, did I we? I did not appreciate that. As <laughs> we a must kid. not have gotten it because otherwise we would have been. Re- I knew it, but I didn't <laughs> appreciate what that meant because yeah. in order for us to have that foot, that rabbit died. That's right. Um, so I have complicated feelings about that. But moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's a good so, digression because um, I, bet, I bet a bunch of our listeners have a memory like that. Yeah, or yeah. at least saw that, yeah. even if they didn't have one. Um, so why is the rabbit or hare's foot charm, which rabbits and hares are confused as the same animal, I'm just going to let you know. Mm-hmm. They're different animals. Um, so why? what's the deal with why they are lucky? Well, they're not only lucky is the interesting thing. They are supposed to provide good luck, but also protection against disease, rheumatism, and cramps. Wow. Healing attributes to injured legs, which hmm. makes sense. That does make sense. Protect the traveler, which if you think about a rabbit, they have to flee from predators all the time. Yep. So that makes sense too to me. Um, they are supposed to help with fertility. And I mentioned this already, swift feet. Um, and then aside from rabbit paws, I did find some other interesting parts of the animal specifically uh, mentioned for good luck or other things and those include just general bones from mm-hmm. rabbits or hares those give you good luck and protection against disease um, a rabbit shoulder blade pierced with nine pins I don't know what the pins are made out of hmm. mind you but that is supposed to help with divination so trying to see into the future a hare's tail is supposed to be good luck for fishermen to bring in a bountiful catch. And a rabbit skin armband, Hmm. the Lakota warriors, what I found, is supposed to have given them the speed of the rabbit. Wow. So I thought those were all interesting things that were worth mentioning because it's not just the foot, apparently. It It sounds like more or less any part of the rabbit. It's a lucky um, creature. Yeah, not lucky for the rabbit, but that's the whole point of yeah. contagious magic, apparently. Yeah. Um, wow. And I appreciate you mentioning the Lakota warriors, because I know as a classics nerd, <laughs> I tend to center my thinking on the ancient world that we all mm. learned about in school, Egypt, mm-hmm. Greece, and Rome, very, you know, the Western world. Yeah. Um, and so I appreciate you bringing, bringing that piece in, too, because yeah. that's always going to be illuminating for me to hear that kind of thing. Cool. Good. Yeah, awesome. Um, and I just am going to mention one other thing. Um, the three hairs symbol. Yeah. And that you may notice our illustration for this episode. That is the three hair symbol. I'm going to put, we'll put in the blog much more detail about sure. that because this could take multiple episodes. But real quick, that is another symbol of um, peace and benevolence and um, prosperity and protection and it was used across many cultures Mm -hmm. um and dates 
as far back as uh, the Su Dynasty in China Neat. in Buddhist temples. Um, that's the first place they found the symbol existing. Cool. Um, and it's still used today. So just like with the rabbit's foot, yeah, people will still use it. Maybe not in the same exact context as when it began, but mm-hmm. really interesting. Loads of interesting information out there about that. What will factor that in to the show notes and stuff. Yeah. So. Yep. Because you had told me about the being born under the sign of the rabbit in the Chinese yes. zodiac. Yeah. Um, so if you are someone who was born under the Chinese zodiac of the rabbit, which is the fourth animal in that succession. Sure. Oh, mm-hmm. All right. Um, it's Chinese believed calendar. that your <laughs> it's believed thank you that you will be um friendly compassionate diplomatic mild tempered you'll be active and creative and peace loving nice um so if any of you out there are rabbits mm-hmm. let us know and are are you those things I do you like know what know. <laughs> do you know what you are by the way oh i i forget i am either the pig or the rat I can't remember. Isn't that so bad? <laughs> what are you? I bet you know. I'm a sheep. <laughs> of course. Oh my gosh. I'm jealous. Of course. What? <laughs> yeah. So we should, I'd love to hear from someone who's a rabbit if they feel yeah. they share those qualities. Yeah. So we are, um, our podcast is downloadable on our website, rumpleinthefrog.com, our companion website where you can find all of our show notes and all of these goodies, the blog and so on. But we're also hosted by Anchor. Mm -hmm. So if you'd like to listen to your podcast there, you can find us on Anchor. And Anchor has a feature where you can leave us a voice message. Mm -hmm. um, And those would be great to give comments or questions that we'd love to incorporate into a future episode. Yeah. So just know that as you're recording that. And uh, but visit us because we would love to hear more about everything we are getting right and everything that we <laughs> might be misfiring. Whoops. We'd love to hear it all. So you can always join us there. Just keep that in mind. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So back to the fiber universe, right? Yes. Okay. I, I think uh, we're going to go foraging and yes. share what we have collected. Yeah. So we have collected some really fun things. Just a few here listed of the many we found. Mm-hmm. Again, we can put the rest <laughs> onto the website um but here are some highlights yeah so i found these wine charms so first of all i like wine well (laughs) you're in good company okay uh and and wine charms i for the first time i ever saw wine charms i thought they were such a cute idea they're these cute little doodads you put on the stem of uh stemless glasses be damned you can't play with these with stemless glasses but find a way you'll find a way um, but so these guys are, um, they go onto the stem of your glass and it mm-hmm. deciphers, you know, so you don't confuse glasses at a party or whatever, at your social gathering. So these are some beaded crocheted wine glass charms. It's a pattern by Kara Gunza. It's on Ravelry and they're so cute and so quick. So all you need is a little bit of yarn. I think it's a pretty lightweight she has here. Some leftover seed beads from your beading mm-hmm. days. If you had those, <laughs> most of us crafters did. Mm-hmm. Um, large flexible <laughs> earring wires. You probably have those. Yeah. Those are round like a hoop type that have a little hook. Um, so, and you just sort of uh, crochet and string the beads on and then they go on to these glasses. So I was thinking, what a great gift. You know, you bring your bottle of wine and yeah. your beautifully crafty fibery They're gift. adorable. To your next, I don't know, your next baby shower or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
They're so sweet. So that's a fun one by Kara Gunza. Yeah, those are adorable. I really like those. I like your ideas, um, uh, using them as a gift. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. Um, so on the note of charms, uh, I would like to share the Charm Bracelet 2 from Tiny Owl Knits. Mm-hmm. Um, full disclosure, Stephanie Dozen, the designer bas- behind Tiny Owl Knits, I really love her work, so I'm totally biased here. Um, this Charm Bracelet is knit and it's knit with very small yarn on very small needles (laughs) hence you get a charm bracelet full of adorable little knitted creatures characters and little doodads Um, I'm just going to read the list of all the charms that she has available there are three sets by the way I'm only reading um, or telling you about the charms on set two so the charms include the bat a bear paw, chameleon, bow truckle, wand, fairy castle, foxtail, uh, derogable plum, hedgehog, lucky cat paw, monster book, pixie wing, puff skein, star whale, raven feather, and toadstool. So just picture all those charms on a bracelet. You're you're knitting small here. Mm-hmm. But I do want to say, for those of you who find this fascinating and will like to try some of these patterns, don't be, don't feel like you can't do that because it's tiny knitting. Mm -hmm. Just knit them with larger yarn on larger needles and use them for something else. Mm -hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to be a charm bracelet, Mm -hmm. Um, but adorable. I have yet to make these. They're Um, so cute. They're in my queue. And one of these days I'll get to the <laughs> Yeah, the picture I'm looking at, I can't wait for people to link to this on our show notes because yeah. they are so cute. And, you know, you could make a pair of them. You know, I always thought it was so fun when somebody had earrings that were mismatched, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but proportionally a good match, you know. Yeah. So you could pick two of these proportionally and have a mismatched That's a pair great of idea. earrings. Or like, what about um, some kind of awesome statement necklace? Or, mm. or what about like a belt? What if you... If you Ooh. found a way to string them on a belt and you just have that loose throwover dress that you need to shape <gasps> and you can tie this belt on with all these things. I mean, you how, how cool would you be then? The coolest <laughs> is the answer. The coolest. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. That's so awesome. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. Mm. So I wanted to share these Amigurumi Lucky Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, these, same thing. Small. Cute. Mm-hmm. Involving beads again. Um, this is a cute little crochet project. You end up with a little five-pointed happy little star. that so you. Cute. They're so cute. They're poofy, so they might have a little batting <laughs> in there, I think. Um, they're embroidered. They have little mm-hmm. beads for eyes. And these are done on a key ring. <clears throat> so I can imagine them, you know, on a child's backpack yeah. or a lunch tote or anything. They're just super cute. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe... I don't know. My brain goes to all these places, but like as somebody who coaches sometimes, I could imagine like before the last game of the season for seniors, say on senior day, like you knit them all like a lucky star, you know, I just think they're quick and fun and they could be very sentimental and great. You could do them in the school colors. Yes. Yes, you could. And in on the back you could embroider if you really want to get crazy their name or their number their jersey number yeah and take far less time so cool (laughs) those are adorable yeah um 
Yeah, so uh, one other awesome thing that I had found, which I am really dying to make now. Yeah, me too. (laughs) One day when I have time, whenever that is, is the Rabbit and Moonlit Night Cowl by Teresa Shizu Tanaka. So this is a cowl knit in the round. It's stranded color work, just two colors here. Um, On one side of the cowl, and I'm not talk about it like it's flat sure no it's not on one side there's a leaping rabbit uh leaping over three trees and there's stars behind it and then it's framed on either side by snowflakes and then on the other side there is a small house with smoke coming out of the chimney behind a picket fence um and again there's a starry night background with a moon Mm -hmm. and it's also framed with the snowflakes um Oh, you know what so, I just noticed too? What's that? That crescent moon is sort of the shape that you have in that rumple, <gasps> the logo you designed, Noel. It must be fate. That's really great. <laughs> uh, I had not noticed that, that. sort of squat. That's you know, so cool. Yeah, uh, crescent moon, gorgeous. Um, and this one, I actually, I would like to either die maybe with someone's help or find a yarn for the background color mm-hmm. that isn't just solid that is a little more tonal mm-hmm. and would be the background dark night sky but not just a jet black or mm-hmm. um it looks more like a really dark brown here this um, yeah i almost think this might be tell. undyed it looks like it's a natural so natural it could brown be. yeah natural cream i mean it's beautiful but i'm just thinking with a variation in the color mm-hmm. of the background that would be just stunning yeah and if you are um pretty confident with your stranded color work mm-hmm I think this would be a really fun diversion because yeah. so often stranded color work involves those repeat charts mm-hmm. and you work your way up, you know, to, and maybe the charts yeah. change um, vertically as you move up, right? But they don't often right. change horizontally. <laughs> yeah, this is not that. <laughs> at, right? This is doing both because yeah. not only are you working your, building your knitting up, yeah, but this scene is changing around the cowl yeah so there's a sort of scene depiction that's shifting and that is really really cool i would say this is a focus knit yeah but it's small yeah so you could do it no no wine charms on wine glasses during this knit yeah probably not no this is not this is not (laughs) you might end up with money or monies (laughs) bunnies coming out of the house or something monies i guess i don't know oh yeah yeah it's getting later right (laughs) it's getting late all right. Oh my um, gosh. I think we have each one each more for our foraging and I think we might have saved some of the some fun ones for the end here. Um yeah. last but not least. <clears throat> so I wanted to share um Charm School. Mm-hmm. Which I just want to link quickly again to Amazon so I get all my details here because I don't have it <laughs> physically in hand. <clears throat> so Charm School is a pattern book. It's called Charm School 18 Quilts from Five Inch Squares, a beginner's guide. Mm-hmm. And it came out pretty recently, at least to me, this seems recently, <laughs> um, March of 2017. And it's by Vanessa Gertson. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. So I love this because charm packs are so great. And they're the kind mm-hmm. of thing you buy when you're in the local quilt shop um, or traveling around. Mm-hmm. And then you wonder, 
what you're going to do with those that are, are piling up. So if you don't know what a charm pack is, it's just a pack of pre-cut squares that are five by five inches by five inches. Similar concept to like a jelly roll. Yeah. Where you pick up a big packet of lots of fabrics that are pre-cut in the same dimension. Yeah. And these patterns are designed to utilize those. So it saves you a lot of time and energy and cutting. Oh, yeah. um, if you buy a charm pack, they're usually color palette coordinating mm-hmm. or even print coordinating from a particular designer and I just think she does a really wonderful job on Amazon you can look inside this book and see almost all of it mm-hmm. and she really takes nothing for granted I think a true beginner who picked up a charm pack and could just do a straight stitch yeah could get somewhere with this and yeah. I just want to highlight too that I think this designer appreciates bringing quilting along with us yeah into the more modern fiber art aesthetic so you there are some very traditional geometric patterns of sort of americana quilts in here but there are some that are really modern that will really surprise you cool and i just think people maybe have forgotten about quilting sometimes yeah. but there are some modern quilts out there oh stunning are they're blowing my mind they are artwork yeah um and so this is neat and this would be a good sort of way to to get into it. Yeah. And I was glad to bring in another discipline I love in um, textile and fiber arts. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Um, well, should we, should we, should I just make mention quick? Sure. Okay. There's, just check this out, the Talisman Eye by Slip Stitch Hollow. It's a free crochet pattern and it will help you ward off the evil eye. You sure will. Yeah. Um, awesome. Yeah, so I think we're ready to move on to Curiouser and Curiouser. Yes. <laughs> so in Curiouser and Curiouser, we just give some reviews and recommendations. Mm-hmm. Um, someday we'd love to do interviews. Reach out to us if One that's day. something you're interested oh, yes. in. Please let us know if you're a designer or a shop owner or you have some other reason you have something to share mm-hmm. on the Rumpel and the Frog show. We would love to hear from you. So I'm just going to recommend a great book that I'm listening to. I'm going to be brief about it, but I just want to point people towards this book. It's called The Seven or Eight Deaths of Stella Fortuna. Mm -hmm. I felt like it really fit in with our theme because Stella Fortuna is Latin and Italian Mm -hmm. for lucky star. And she must be a lucky star because the story is about a woman. She's an Italian immigrant to Connecticut, actually, which is where Noelle and I are located. So there are some you know, geographical (laughs) and uh, sort of urban references that really resonated with me as a resident here. And the reason why it's seven or eight deaths is because this woman's long life, Mm -hmm. she's, we find out in the first page, she makes it well into her nineties, a hundred. Oh, wow. She has had seven or eight near misses Mm -hmm. that have shaped her life. Yeah. Um, And the book is actually organized around each of those. So each section is like death one, death two. Um, But it's an amazing story. It's a wonderful immigrant story. It's lyrically beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, The depiction both of turn of the century U.S. um, and Southern Italy Mm -hmm. before the World Wars. It's just remarkable. So that book Mm -hmm. is by Juliet Greens. Mm -hmm. And I am listening to it. It is read by a wonderful narrator. It's the first time I've listened to her, Lisa Flanagan. And I will say it's not for the faint of heart for her to have (laughs) nearly died those many times. Mm -hmm. We have some violence. We have some war. We Mm -hmm. have some sexual assault even. So I just want to make that clear to people. But it's a beautiful story. And and, uh, she is one lucky star, this lady. So it goes great with our theme. I've got to listen to that. Yeah. It sounds like something I would enjoy listening to or reading, I guess. 
thanks. And I just have a real quick thing to check out kind of thing. Um, it's called Faux Taxidermy Knits by Louise Walker. Um, it's 15 wild animal knitting patterns. Um, and I particularly chose this because it does have a knitted Lucky Rabbit's foot in it. Um, <laughs> and this is really a pattern book that is very whimsical. Um, it's for all levels of knitters. And I would say if you're into taxidermy or taxidermy inspired things, it's worth a check out. Um, I have seen it in libraries and I don't think the patterns are available individually, mm -hmm. but we will check and link in the show notes just in case either way. Yeah. Um, yeah, worth a look and very, very whimsical patterns. Yeah, yeah and I like playful. that you said, I think, that they're organized um, by home deck and wearables. Yes. So if you want to, right. like, if you want sort of to do, a, like, a dead animal decor yes. moment in knitting, like a moose head or something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> there is a moose head, yeah. That's really cool. Yep. I yeah. can see somebody wanting to do that. I mean, that's where you, you know, when you really think about knitting as, like, a 3D sculptural yeah. art form. Yep. You know? Absolutely. So some people don't want to do garments. Yeah. You know? They wanna, oh, yeah. They want to make stuff. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so that's really cool. Yeah. That's fantastic. All right. All right. So we're nearing the end mm -hmm. of our first full episode. Hopefully all this Yay. talk about good luck charms is in fact for us a good luck charm. <laughs> we'll see if it works. Totally. But our last section is called Ever After. And in here we just have some reminders before we leave you with a quote that we've selected. And Noelle has selected our quote this time. So before I turn it over to her, just to remind you once more that you can connect with us in lots of ways. We have additional content on our blog for each episode. And you can find all the show notes and the links for absolutely everything we mention and perhaps more because we had to do an awful <laughs> lot of cutting this time on rumpleandthefrog.com, mm -hmm. our companion website. You can connect with us on email. Uh, reach out to us at hello at rumpleandthefrog.com. You can mm -hmm. also sign up to join our newsletter and you can leave recorded questions and comments on our podcasting host site on Anchor. As I mentioned, you can get to that from rumpleandthefrog.com too. Yeah. So I mentioned that already, but find us there as well if you want to possibly hear a recording of your comment or question on the show. If you're on Instagram, you can find us and follow at rumpleandthefrog.com. Nope, sorry. <laughs> That's a good. That's at right. Rumple. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, at rumpleandthefrog. <laughs> the Latin teacher is not so good with the Insta. <laughs> at rumpleandthefrog for news mm -hmm. and updates and perhaps even more content. Yeah. And I just wanted to give people a preview that if they weren't into good luck charms and amulets and talismans and the evil eye and r lucky rabbit's feet. We're watching you. <laughs> with our evil <laughs> eyes. That's right. If you weren't into that, fear not. Perhaps you'll be more interested in episode two where mm -hmm. our theme will be everything sleeping beauty. Yes. I can't wait. That's going right. to be fun. So... I'd like to leave you with something the skin horse said from the Velveteen Rabbit. Real isn't how you are made. It's a thing that happens to you. When a child loves you for a long, long time, not just to play with, but really loves you, then you become real. So long for now, as we must return to the woods for some more foraging. That's right, but we'll be back soon with more stories and more stitching. Until we meet again, happy, happy stitching! stitching.